you slept in. Hey, we're not judging. Sometimes you just need to get those Z's. And if you need to snooze, we'd much rather you did it at home in your warm, comfortable bed than in our pews. You can always catch up with the sermon later, right here on the Sunday Morning Sleep-In Podcast. You're still going to miss out on some things that we think are pretty important, like being part of an intergenerational community of support and encouragement, uh, inspiring music, we won't be able to give you coffee and cookies, and we won't be able to give you opportunities to like reach out and do something nice for somebody else, but we will give you what we can. I'm Susan Foster. And I'm Chris Marshall. And we're United Methodist Pastors in Reno, Nevada. We're not theological experts. We're homiletical harbingers of a new age. We're your average pastors, helping our congregations think through life's big questions every week. We started this podcast, so if you're away from home or working or coaching your kid's soccer team or maybe just planning the most epic Halloween decorations for your home ever, you can still keep up with some of the ideas floating around the church. Each episode is a conversational version of a sermon we gave on a Sunday. So whatever day it is when you're listening to this, we hope that you are enjoying whatever you are doing and this podcast, and you will receive it with an open mind and an open heart. And a quick note, we don't expect you to agree with everything we have to say. We think God gave you a brain for a reason, and we hope Amen. you use it. So all of that critical thinking to think about this topic in your own way, our hope is not that you will agree with everything we say, but that you will experience the mysterious loving force in the world we know as God moving in your life, particularly as you consider this. So Chris, I am continuing the the, the journey through the letters of Paul and into the second chapter of First Thessalonians, verses one through eight, and they go like this in the New Revised Standard Version. You yourselves know, brothers and sisters, that our coming to you was not in vain. But though we had already suffered and been shamefully mistreated at Philippi, as you know, we had courage in our God to declare to you the gospel of God in spite of great opposition. For our appeal does not spring from deceit or impure motives or trickery, but just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the message of the gospel, even so we speak, not to please mortals, but to please God who tests our hearts. As you know, and as God is our witness, we never came with words of flattery or with pretext for greed, nor did we seek praise from mortals, whether from you or from others, though we might have made demands as apostles of Christ. But we were gentle among you, like a nurse tenderly caring for her own children. So deeply do we care for you that we are determined to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves, because you have become very dear to us. Um, so this past Sunday was the 500th anniversary of the Reformation or the beginning yeah. of the Reformation. Beginning of the Reformation. Well, Martin Martin Luther, Luther hanging a note on a door and saying, Ein Minuten bitten, which means just a, hang on a minute. <laughs> so um, the 95 theses, the thing that Martin Luther put on the door, um, uh, were a... Um, were 85 reasons why, 95 reasons why selling the uh, indulgences were not a good idea. Mm. I think sometimes um, when we try and condense history, we think that those 95 theses had something to do with all the things that Martin Luther becomes yeah, like known that there for. There were 95 points of contention, contention he had with the Catholic Church. No, he just had one point of contention at this point, yeah. and he had 95 reasons for it. But then he kept uh, he kept writing after that. Yeah, he kept writing after it. One of the commentators I saw, the, uh, saw last week, 
Chris was like, imagine what Luther would have done with a computer. Oh my gosh. He'd have been the worst troll on the internet. <laughs> well, and he would have had too much to, volume for us to ever comprehend it, I think. Yeah, the blogs would have been yeah. insane. They would have been insane, right? So indulgences. Indulgences are the idea that you can buy a little piece of paper that says your sins are forgiven, basically. Yeah, well, or have uh, have your, in the Catholic Church, you know, if you do a sin, then it's a debt to God. Right. So you can and relieve so you, your debt with money. You can, well, it was like you had to have some kind of earthly punishment in order to relieve the debt. And if that punishment was financial, instead of having to say Hail Marys and Our Fathers, then all the better. Right. Well, so they would sell you these indulgences. Right. So, well, and, and that it, was a way of saying like you had paid a financial yes. debt. This was pretty prevalent in Germany mm-hmm. where Martin Luther was. Because they were building a really big, pretty church in Rome, a cathedral in Rome, and they had to pay for it somehow. Yeah. So there was my favorite was when Martin Luther was like, why doesn't the Pope use his, isn't he like the richest man in the world? Like, why didn't he use all the treasure at the Vatican to build the cathedral instead of, you know, telling all of us to sell indulgences? Yeah. Yeah. Love it. So, but there's some things about this that that sometimes we, that get lost in translation over time. Mm. So... Now, if somebody came and nailed something to the front doors of your church or my church, it would be sort of a radical act these days. Well, well it would be like a like an it'll be an act of like like pay attention. There was a moment about a year ago oh, where they did when somebody. Well, there were there have been a couple of moments because we're just downtown and you know we're surrounded by bars, but somebody plastered the front of my church on a Saturday night or an early Sunday morning with a bunch of stickers Stickers. that said Reno as F word, Mm -hmm. which I was displeased with. Mm -hmm. And I called their customer service line and I sent them an email that said, hi, if this ever happens again, (laughs) I will come at you with all of God's fury. (laughs) So that's how we kind of think about it, right? Yeah. Like you do not, don't do that to a church. And the other thing was somebody had moved this sign that said, here's to poor decisions, P-O-U-R. The big triangle sign from yeah. in front of the bar next door to the front yeah. doors of the church. Yeah. And that one cracked me up. So I took yeah. a picture and then I moved it back. Yeah. But um, so we kind of have this idea that that sounded like like a radical act. Yeah. And we have to remember that Martin Luther posted the 95 theses on the door as more for peer review. Yeah. Well, and it was, like, it was also... Like, this is how you get people... This is how you have the conversation. Because people have to come and read this. Otherwise, I'm just talking to myself. Yeah. When, when and I... you didn't have the print and pr- printing press. No. The church office didn't have there a were copy copies. Machine. There was no email list. Right. There was no newsletter. Right. I, I, uh, I told my congregation, it was like he pinned it up on the bulletin board between the guy who's trying to sell a futon and somebody who wants to buy used right. chemistry books. You know, like it's it's right. on the it's, announcement board. It's, at this it's, point. And he wasn't the only one who was criticizing this whole idea of selling indulgences. Mm-hmm. Right. Like sometimes I think we think that that's, you know, he's the only one who's the radical up. idea. The radical idea. And it was really funny. Like I had not really thought about why he would be so opposed to to indulgences beyond the fact of like money mm-hmm. right like this is this is a fundraiser yeah but he was really worried for people's souls that they needed to have contrition yeah true repentance repentance so that they could be truly repentant for this not just the willingness to maybe be repentant which is sort of how he saw the indulgence mm-hmm. which is fascinating to me um and and he basically based that you know he posed the question do you have faith in christ or do you have faith in the indulgence? Yeah. Which is a really fast. I mean, and when I said that to my folks, they went, oh. Because, you know, it's kind of a funny topic, right? Like, yeah. it sort of seems far away. and But, like, oh, no, no. When you put it in those terms. And then the other thing about Luther was he put that on the church in Latin. Yes, it was academic. It was totally academic. Like, most right? German people would not have understood. Right. 
But somebody translated it without his consent. Yeah, it was like his buddy. He sent it to his buddy to say, hey, what do you think about this? And his friend said, oh, this is great. Translated it into German German. and distributed it. Right. So that means that it's not just the academic conversation. And, you know, realistically, it's not like the common man on the corner is having this conversation. It's the guy who can read German. It's it's still still more academic, but it becomes a wider conversation. Yeah. And it's that wider conversation that really begins to upset Rome. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's where he starts to get in trouble. Well, and upset Germany. And upset Germany. There were a lot of Germans who were really angry about what What do you mean my indulgence is no good? And a lot of people who thought... And also, he's got a point. Yeah, he's got a point. What what is the Pope trying to pull? The other thing that I think, you know, in the United States especially, we forget is how intertwined government and the Catholic Church were. There's no separation of church and state State, in Europe. And we knew this because when we went to Fresh Expressions, we were talking to people who had 20 people in their churches. And they were in cathedrals that were 1,200, 1,500 years old. And the government paid their salary. The government paid to keep the building up. The government paid right. for everything. And we were like, uh, no. And they, they could not believe that in America we have to do fundraising campaigns to get <laughs> yeah. things started. Like, how do you guys survive? Right. And we're like, how do you survive? Yeah, like, your people are just yeah. so cynical about this already. Yeah, yeah. The reason we, we talk about Martin Luther is that he basically changed the course of religious and cultural history. No, it wasn't him only. And he's not the first and he wasn't the last, but it was but, a movement. But it was a movement and there's this this crystallizing point changed the course of our lives. I mean, we wouldn't sit in the building we're sitting in if we were still <laughs> Catholic. We're still Catholic, right? Yeah. And the, well, yeah, you and I would not be pastors for you starters. You and I would not be pastors. Although if they hadn't chased all the Protestants out, then uh, maybe it would have already happened. Maybe we would have uh, made that change already. Maybe. He, who knows, right? Mm. Like there's an alternative. Re- there's an, there, there's some uh, fan fiction to write, right? <laughs> Handmaid's Tale, the religious edition. <laughs> right. When at, the, at children's time, I explained it to kids, you know, like, I was talking about how, you know, we, this is our church and I asked them whether they'd ever been in a different church mm-hmm. and whether it had looked different. And they were all like, yeah, it really does look different. And I said, well, that part of that is this whole thing. And they were like, oh, but I gave the example that Plato, I could shape Plato into a triangle or into a square. Oh, I thought you were going to go to philosophy for a minute. I was like, no, oh, no, no, not, not fresh not Plato. out my Plato. Yeah. No, not Pla- Come Plato. Plato, that it's still Plato, that the difference in its packaging or its shape is, is, but the core message. What is yeah. the core message, right? Yeah, and, you're, you're born naked and the rest is drag. Right, yeah. exactly. You know, the good news of Jesus Christ, right? Here we mm-hmm. are. Here's a guy who's changed this course of our lives, but and but but the good news of Jesus Christ is the center of that. Mm-hmm. It's what the Catholic Church was, you know, at its core trying to give people, and it's what the Reformation was trying to give, to reveal, um, and it's what we are trying to give, mm-hmm. the good news. Um and how that message of the good news of Jesus Christ finds its expression and practice is rooted in the place where it is found. And here we are in this church mm. and in this place. And and therefore is constantly reforming. You know, we're not always the same. We're not the same we were 10 years ago. We're not the same we were 60 years ago. 60 years ago, right? The world changes. And um, it's really funny because I hadn't really focused in on how much the two sermons dovetailed. But, uh-huh. you know, technology change. And... The way that the good news is shared must change. Yeah. And uh, lest we entrench ourselves in security of tradition or we stay in the safe nest of our assumptions, we we will miss it, right? But we must be part of the reforming, exploring new ways to share the good news and to see the ways that the good news has been limited and to share again. Mm. 
sometimes it's not just about doing it differently. It's doing it better. Mm-hmm. It's doing it more fully. It's doing it more inclusively. Yeah. And with, one of the things that I saw on Twitter, there were a lot of people who preached very prophetic Reformation Day sermons on Sunday. <laughs> I did not picking fights with lots of things. But um, one of the things that they said was that they were lamenting the splintering of the Protestant movement. Oh, that we went from saying, well, we're not going to do it that way to, well, you and I have a difference about this thing, so we're going to split. And yeah. then you and I have a difference about this thing, so we're going to split. So there's like thousands of Protestant denominations. Yes. And, you know, still a couple of Catholic denominations, but like, you know, yeah. mostly mostly they're all still together. And that the more we nitpick with each other, the less we miss that central idea of we're all in this together and right. things change and that's okay. Yeah. But that it doesn't mean that if things change, we have we have to say, well, we're not part of the same family anymore. Right. And that we need to hear the way that that the good news lives in the lives of people. Mm-hmm. We need to stop thinking that we're we've got the whole answer. We yeah. also need to hear other ways that 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 the good news lives. Yeah. And I gave the example that I found in one of the resources that said no one would think of dragging a sixteen millimeter projector to show the most recent DVD. Like it's filmed in ultra 4D or whatever right, it's right, called, right. and like you you show it on your right. And to a point, even VHS. bringing a DVD to DVD to show the movie is probably out of date. Right. Well, or if you get it, I always like it when you get a DVD of um, like a really old movie, like a from the 40s or whatever. Uh-huh. And people are always like, "Why is it so blurry?" <laughs> Not in 40. Filmed in a very different definition. definition. Yeah. Or like even. Why can't I see every pore on Martin Sheen's nose? Uh, right. Let's right. give thanks for well, some things. Well, there's sometimes I'm like, oh, you know, that, that movie just looks too real. Yeah, it's too, it's too I want to go back. And just thinking about, you know, even like the con- the way in which we share information with one another. When was the last time you had really important, exciting news to share with your friend or your your relative across the country and you wrote them a letter? Or a telegram. Or a telegram. I write letters. Right. Well, I write letters, but not... not I like, write more notes than letters. I don't write like letters that are like, oh my gosh, guess what happened to me today? That's a text. That's, that's, a, a, that's, that's, a, a, that's a phone call. That's a Facebook post. <laughs> right? Versus versus the thank you note. Yeah. Right? My friend... Like, there's a, a different way of communicating. And when we think about that and the relationship to the gospel, if we're willing to change how we, at a base level, communicate with one another, yeah, we have to be open to the ways that God is revealing God's self and, and Christ's love and all those things... To, to us in new ways. My friend Tina went on a kick a while ago where she was so sick, she was fed up with social media and she decided she was only going to write letters and she was really only going to maintain her relationships with those people who were also willing to correspond <laughs> in this way. And I think like we went from, you know, passing a few messages back and forth a month to like two letters each a year. <laughs> and, you know, we missed each other, but I think also she just realized that most people are just not equipped to do it that way anymore yeah, right, that right. we have well different you sent out cards of, the other day and you had to go buy stamps i had to go buy stamps i've not owned stamps for years <laughs> i you know because i mail everything from the church and just goes through the machine or whatever but yeah, yeah having stamps is sort of a strange yeah yeah strange thing and so i think sometimes we can think that that reformation is something that we that that's like a modern process we've invented it recently mm-hmm. <laughs> even if 500 years ago is recently yeah um, but i think that when we read paul's letters and um, i'm using this morning i use this passage in first thessalonians as an example paul is in the middle of a reformation process mm-hmm. with the people of thessalonica and the people all the people he's corresponding with because they're figuring out how this message 
that was at one time delivered from the person, you know, Jesus himself, and then delivered from the people who had been surrounding him. And then now we're now we're into Paul, right? And Paul wasn't one of those inner circles. He, had he, didn't, some, he didn't walk around with the living Jesus. He didn't. And so, so they're figuring out, they're figuring out how we do this in the coming days, how we do this into the future. As what fewer it looks and like, fewer survivors of that movement right? are And what around. does it look like to be the, the body of Christ when there's no pattern? And he says, so we're trying, is basically what he's saying in this passage. We're trying. <laughs> we're doing everything we, we can. can. We're doing the best ways we, we know how. And because we care for you, we're going to continue to do this. That's one of the things about the church that we have to remember. We have to remember that that it's the same. Like this is a living and breathing organism. We are a part of something. Thank goodness we are a part of something that is not yet dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it still continues. Or that like has died and come back over and, and over, over again. again. I mean, however you want to, whatever yeah. metaphor you need to there's use. There's life that. in that. There's life here. And there's that the message of Jesus Christ, the good news, the freedom that that brings is something that, that, that we are we are called to tend and hold on to and that that's all it's all in, in 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 the Reformation and in the the ways that we are being reformed and redone and and how cool it is to be in the midst of that yeah um, it can be a little scary home makeover st. Paul's United Methodist edition right right like and, and hopefully there's no like drive-through shower but yeah like <laughs> it's one of the ones I remember from home edition I mean, it'd be an interesting ministry for like homeless ministry or whatever. Yeah, but still, here we are. We have been born by this idea that we are not yet done, that God is still moving, um, that we can complain about the things we think aren't working, mm-hmm. and we can figure out how God wants us to move into the world. And the way we do that is is we do that with each other. We do that with, as you said, your last sermon, you know, their prayers, their presence, your gifts, your service, your witness. Mm-hmm. And we do that um, together because, because that's how God's calling us to be. So that's where we went on the Reformation. Cool. Yeah, we covered a lot of the same territory, particularly telling the story of Martin Luther as like, yeah, this wasn't meant to be a revolution. Like, right. This is and just a guy doing like his everyday, his everyday thing, like, and thing. It, and it just happened to hit, you know, all of these forces in the world at the time in this way. You know, I had the story in my head, and then I did a little bit more research because, you know, I often realize that the story in my head it doesn't always have the nuances in it sometimes. Yeah. And so, I, I, you know, I was like, I have to get this back in my head. And it was then that I realized the whole 95 thesis just about indulgences. I knew indulgences were his big thing, but I hadn't realized that that's what he was, that's was what that paper was 95 about. points of debate. Yeah. So, cool. Very cool. Well, thanks for listening to the Sunday Morning Sleep In podcast. If you have any questions for us or stories that relate to the Reformation or your own Reformation or anything else we've talked about today, maybe German, um, shoot us an email. Hopefully you're not going to ask us any questions about German. In English, send us an email at sundaymorningsleepin at gmail.com or trust Google Translate to figure it out for you. You can also find us on Facebook or on our website, sundaymorningsleepin.com. The scripture for this podcast was 1 Thessalonians 2, 1 through 8. And the theme music you're hearing is Take Me Higher by Jazzer. So at the end of worship and the end of a podcast and the end of a time together, there's a benediction. There's a, there's a sending forth, a reminder that you are not yet done, that God is not yet done with you, but that you go forth to meet God where God already is. I send you forth into the reformation that God has in store. 
into the reformation of your, your life and into the reformation of the body of Christ, that you might be blessed and that you might be a blessing to others in Christ's name. Amen.